Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right, well, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. It's Rich Birch. I'm your host. Happy Thursday. Hopefully, you're having a great week as we get ready for this weekend at your church. I'm super excited about today's uh, podcast. Have a friend, uh, my former boss, uh, great guy. <laughs> excited to have him. We've got Tim Day from uh, the Meeting House. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Rich. Thanks for having me. Uh, for folks that don't know, uh, the Meeting House is uh, a network of churches all across Canada and are really around Ontario. Uh, but I want, Tim, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, the Meeting House? Tell us about your church, and you know, just give us a sense of your ministry. Sure. Yeah, the Meeting House has been around. Uh, well, it was planted as a as a, a seeker focused church back in the mid '80s, um, but it really started to take off just before uh, the year 2000. So it's grown up our last 16 years, let's say, from a couple hundred people to uh, you know, 5,500, uh, maybe on a typical weekend. We have 14 locations, as you said, around Ontario, where our hub is the Toronto area. But we've spread out uh, from there, and you were a huge part of that. You helped us uh, launch into multi-site. So, uh, um, uh, yeah, so that's how we've grown our, our theological stream. We come out of the radical side of the Reformation, so the renewal movements, uh, if you think of sort of the Anabaptists with messages around peace, community, personal discipleship, sort of radical uh, Jesus-focused uh, discipleship, but also influenced by people like John Wesley. And um, again, real focus on evangelism, discipleship, um, pietist movements, uh, anything that gets people fired up for Jesus, get them out <laughs> doing something to change the world. That's our little stream that we come from, are the people who are jazzed about that. Nice. So we've always had our sort of eyes and ears open, even though, you know, uh, the, the denomination that we're part of is real small, uh, you know, compared to some of the, the huge movements. Um, that's our sort of our heart position. Nice. Uh, so that's sort of how we grew up. Well, Tim is is one of those leaders that every time I interact with him, um, you know, he's one of those leaders that I wish more people would hear from and get a chance to uh, interact with. And so I'm so glad to have Tim uh, on the show today. And, um, you know, he always has ideas that I think are just slightly left of center or a little bit off that make you think, um, and not politically, but just make you think differently. And so I'm excited for that today. Um, now, Tim, specifically, we want to talk about a book that you released. Um, you know, when was this? This was late last year, right? Yeah, this was uh, uh, like first week of December, somewhere around there we released it. All right, right before Christmas. 2013. Yeah, right. It's called God Enters Stage Left. Now, why did you decide uh, you needed to release a book as a senior pastor at uh, The Meeting House? Um, it's a lifelong passion. Uh, this is going back uh, almost 20 years back to seminary where, um, I started as a youth pastor and, um, basically what my experience was people jump in and out of the Bible mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times they'll take, you know, passage from the old Testament passage from Jesus, then back to pastor. And they just think it's all completely flat. Like this is sort of timeless truth. Doesn't matter where you drill, you know, into this narrative you're going to get the same thing. And then they get into all these issues of like, well, why is there violence? And why did this happen? And, and literally uh, the theology that would be developed, uh, you know, sort of in people's own minds, the average disciples' minds would be filled with all these contradictions. And I don't, 
know how to put this together. So they just stopped thinking. Right. So that, that started me on a journey of like, okay, I, you know, I'm going to see what I experience taking my master's degree education. I started reading through the Bible, chronological order. Um, on the third pass, I wrote a commentary. It's on my website, timday.org. Uh, and that was for my kids. I, I wrote, uh, it's about 800 page commentary on the whole thing. Slowed myself down on every verse. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to sound like a Bible nerd. Then the next <laughs> thing that I did far away through it is I started translating the New Testament and uh, just completed that this December where I'd slowed myself down, looked under the hood, every verse of the New Testament. And um, really this book comes out of my attempt to distill the meaning of the narrative um, for the average person, almost like Cliff's Notes or Cole's Notes, uh, the meaning of the Bible for dummies that um, – someone who's in grade seven could understand or someone who's 90 um, and only has a grade five education could understand. And it's not theologically watered down. I was privileged to have um, some great thinkers like uh, um, Dr. Terry Brensinger, who's uh, a dean of um, Fresno Biblical Seminary, uh, Dr. Paul Eddy, uh, who's well-published uh, InterVarsity author, mm-hmm. uh, Bethel Seminary. Uh, I have a number of seminary profs who read this through different theological perspectives. Ian Scott from a Reformed perspective, mm-hmm. you know, um, Baptist, uh, had Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, the seminary guy read it. So uh, I, I just tested it out to say, you know, does this hold up? Is this what Christians would believe is the meaning of the Bible? And the really cool thing is their response has been, couple is one is uh i don't think there's a book like it on the market mm-hmm. um that it's a it's a unique book in that way that nobody has really attempted to distill it all its meaning and engage somebody in around 120 pages right um and then the second thing is what i found fascinating is the response both from the the wide range of readers now who've engaged it the theologians but also people from other faith perspectives the first person who really repositioned their life in terms of their heart, you know, direction was somebody raised Muslim. Hmm. And he uh, was in his 30s and found that um, the faith that he grew up with would, had uh, questions that he just struggled with, uh, Arabic background, hmm. and just started a search. And literally he attributes, he picked up this book and he says, this is what makes sense. Now, it's not my oh. book. Right. What it is, is reading scripture in a, in a understanding the entire narrative meaning mm-hmm. and what God is trying to say, this made sense to him, and he was just baptized uh, like a month ago. Gosh, that's amazing! And so it was really cool. So you think in December, here we are in March, right? And uh, that was one of those stories when when that unfolded as the first person who came to faith in Christ. I was like, I, I don't know, couldn't have, you couldn't have written me a big enough check? Oh yeah, totally. Right? Absolutely. For that story, just that one story. Well, this is, again, so I, I don't want people to miss what you just said. I just want to loop back on it. So, Tim, in your spare time, you've written a commentary and translated the entire New Testament, which is, you know, some guys play baseball in their spare time, uh, <laughs> you know, and you run all the time. I always notice you're out. This is amazing. And then you've condensed that down. I think a part of what I love about the book is you've, you know, you've, you've attempted to say, you know, how can we kind of tell the entire story from a narrative approach? Um, to help people, give people a framework to then jump back in and say, okay, I want to read the scripture. Um, right. You know, the, the, it's not really a, 
um, you know, you're trying to get people to, to engage with the text ultimately um, and see it, you know, in context, which is amazing. You know, I think it's a great, it's a, it's been a great tool. So now how has your church used this? How is, you know, because it seems like a great thing to, to release, you know, how has it been kind of a tool, um, you know, in your community? We, uh, every, um, about four or five years, and you helped us launch the first one, first mission. We use uh, major mission goals um, to mobilize our people and to sort of pick those big, uh, to use an old phrase, hairy, audacious goals, big mm-hmm. goals to challenge us out of our comfort zones and move us forward, challenge us towards generosity, challenge us towards innovation. And um, and so this, we're in our third season of mission called Transform, and we had this uh, goal to invite 100,000 people to, to consider Jesus' message. 100,000 people. So we're about 5,000 people. And we gave ourselves about four years to do that. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want, we wanted to be personal. We didn't want to just put a billboard on a big highway and say we did our job. (laughs) We wanted to create um, points of engagement. So as I was working on this, I'm like, I want to write this book to make it one of those points of engagement, a Mm -hmm. conversation starter. So that's why I want to be short, easy to read, um, could go through the filter of people of all different backgrounds, skeptics, people of other faith, pers- and and be a clear, um, comprehensive, but gentle approach to engaging uh, the message of Jesus and how that fits into a larger story of God and where we could fit into that. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the heart. So um, what we did then was uh, I pitched the idea of saying, can we print uh, 10,000 copies and just give them away? And if people want to, you know, chip in some money for the printing costs, you know, they can throw some money in, mm-hmm. uh, five bucks, 10 bucks, they don't have any money, just grab a stack, just go give them away and we'll see what happens. Right. And so the amazing thing was by the second weekend, the first 10,000 had gone. Wow. We were in a scramble to print the next 10,000. <laughs> okay. Right. And now we just received the, the third shipment of 10,000. Wow. So we'll have distributed between Christmas and Easter uh, 25,000 uh, to 30,000 copies. That's amazing. And uh, in terms of our printing costs, people have just come up. You know, some people, you know, just like throw 100 bucks in. Mm-hmm. Some will throw five in, a toonie, a 10. Uh, so we seem to be pacing well, covering all of our printing costs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not making any money. It actually just goes right, right back in. And so let's say somebody came up and wrote a check for $100,000. All that means is our growth fund, which is focused on evangelism and church planting and church, would just have more money. Mm-hmm. So there's no nobody can make profit in this, I guess. Right. And the beautiful thing on this is because we worked with a, a publisher in the States who gave us, they allowed us to publish it like a trade book, mm-hmm. but to have complete control of the rights. Right. Uh, they call it custom publishing. Mm-hmm. We have the quality of a publisher mm-hmm. behind it, the editing and all of that, but we're buying it dirt cheap right. in terms of copies. <laughs> right. So it's like the best postcard you could ever give away. Absolutely. You know, I've, a friend of mine, uh, Ben Strope, talks about how, you know, books really are the new business cards that, right. um, you know, people see them as like, hey, if you want to kind of understand um, in the marketplace, if you want to kind of understand what we do, here's a book um, rather than just here's a business card. And the thing I find fascinating is, you know, for people who don't know, 10,000 copies is about what it takes to get on the New York Times bestseller list. And um, and the thing that's amazing is you're, you know, you're going to end up almost tripling that between Christmas and Easter. Um, you're doing it in a way that is crazy innovative in the sense of, hey, just take some. If you want to cover the cost, great. Take some, but give them to, um, you know, to friends. Now that uh, you know, that's obviously a fairly non-traditional approach. Um, why not charge for them? Let's just kind of loop back on that. Why not actually just say, "Hey, it's five bucks or it's ten bucks"? 
Um, I, a couple of things. One is I just found that I couldn't think of a good enough reason to charge for them. <laughs> like I basically came down and said, if this is going to create a hiccup, a mm-hmm. little bit of a barrier, something where somebody's like, do you know what? I only got 20 bucks in my wallet and this is five bucks a book. I have five people I want to invite. Who do I need to cut off that list? Right. I'm like, why am I doing that? Right. Right. Like I just, it, it just didn't in the end, it couldn't make any sense where I thought of, you know, if we just give them away to everybody and people want to chip in and allow it to be sort of a community experience, I couldn't think of a downside right. to it. So, and some of the really cool stories, like I'll just throw out a couple quick stories. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, Elderly woman, 90 years old, you know, friend of a friend gave a book to her. I get the story back that when she read it, um, she said she cried for like, you know, hours hmm. because she'd been raised in a harsh legalistic environment her whole life. And when she read it, she knew that something was wrong, wow. but she never knew why huh. or how it fit in. Wow. And she cried. And then she asked, and she gave me this long list of names through these friends. Can you give me more books to give to the, my family, to my right. friends, everybody? Because so many people have been hurt in my sphere. Mm-hmm. So I had a, another crazy story. I don't even know how this happened. It was like <laughs> two weeks into it, I'm getting a request from the Indianapolis Colts Bible study. Okay. No lie. Right. It's like two, three weeks in. It's like Reddit, or maybe it was like January. Can you send us a, a shipment of books? Because we're done our last book and our Bible study, we want to do God Ender Stage Lab. Hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> how does that happen? Yeah, right. Where did that, how does that happen? Yeah, that's great. How does that happen? And uh, here's another one. We have uh, two churches now. They're dialoguing how they want to do it. Their church is about 1,500, uh, 2,500 in size mm-hmm. who want to get the books and now do the same thing with them where they just give them out. Right. Where they're like, can we just buy a whole boatload of them at printing costs? Mm-hmm. And we may personalize them where the pastor writes the foreword. Right. Right. And we strip off any sort of our church brand mm-hmm. and they just use them as a giveaway in their own community. Hmm. And I think if I would have had that charge thing, all sorts of conversations would have stopped. Right, right, right. Totally. Right. People yeah. would have just said, mm. or, and to be honest with you, it, the, I think the day of the, the pastor who somehow wrote something that turned him into a millionaire. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that day uh, is probably uh, come and gone. Right. And I think it doesn't sit super well. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't think it sits well. Right. With the average person out in the street. Right. So when the conversation is like you're just giving them this away, and you're not making any money, mm-hmm. and you're you're you don't make anything, like <laughs> nothing, right? <laughs> It actually is Z- good news zero zilch. People. You mean <laughs> there's no? You mean it's good news to people? Yeah, like that becomes right. good news that there's a message that is more important. To, it doesn't need to be a econo- you know a part of my economy. Right, and I love it. It just it's made me happy. Right, absolutely. Now, the, so the thing I want to because I know there's probably pastors now that are thinking that's a great idea. Whether you know, I'm encouraged that you're working with some other churches, thinking about hey, how do we repackage this? Even that's I think is incredibly gracious to say, hey, we want to work with another, another church. You take the book, put your own forward on it, strip our branding off it. We just want the message to go out. Um, right. is, is that what you're saying fundamentally with those other churches? Oh yeah, like I said, I'll remove any reference to the meeting house inside. You can put a forward. You can put your own brand on the back of it. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't really, I don't really care. I like honestly, in the end, uh, 
I was just thinking if I could have another guy, like the first guy who came to faith in Christ mm -hmm. and we all do this. And then I get another email of, of a guy who went through that life journey. Yeah. It's worth it. I'm like, why would I care? Right. Right. What, what is there to care about that? I didn't get my you know, brand somewhere in there. Right. So it's just like, let's see it happen. Now, so there are, you know, there's probably a thousand church leaders listening in right now. Um, is that like an open conversation or is that a closed conversation? <laughs> like, you know, are, are you interested in more of those conversations or, or you're like, well, they kind of have to be friends of Tim Day to do that? No, no, that's wide open. Uh, getting friends uh, with a church in Seattle, a multi-site uh, church in Seattle, mm -hmm. um, Eastlake. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we know in dialogue with them, we ended up shipping them 1500 copies to give out to their community and for them as a giveaway. And it really is. It's like if anybody like you'd be saying, oh, I'm just a church of 300. Right. But, you know, can you send me a copy or send me an ebook to look at? And if I like it, I'll pass it around. Yeah, we'll get, like, we'd love to be in dialogue. You might have to pay some shipping costs, mm -hmm. you know, and the print cost, to be honest with you, is somewhere like 60 cents right. to a buck a book, <laughs> depending on how many you get. Right. But it's not a huge amount. Like it's not prohibitive in terms of an evangelism tool. Right. Now, if, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of executive pastors that listen in and they're thinking, okay, this is great, but go back on the part where people, where you're covering your own cost. Um, cause I think they're, you know, with any of the, in endeavor like this, there's always a bit of risk. So are you finding that kind of in that kind of open forum? Hey, you know, I think we all have that picture of, I'll give you an example at our church. We give away free pens. And it's not a book, but it's a pen. And, um, you know, we get people who, you know, literally will dig into our pen thing and walk out with like 50 pens, which I love because I'm like, hey, this is great. People take them and they drop them. And we've heard all kinds of stories of them dropping all over the place. Uh, but every once in a while, some of the folks that work in our accounting department are like, do we really want to keep doing this? Because we feel like we're just giving away people free pens. Um, you know, so, but you're finding that you're able to kind of cover that cost. Obviously any risk like that seems to be working out in, you know, for in your context. Yeah. When we did that, our first, you know, our cost, now this is all production costs for the first 20,000 was just over $20,000. And I think when the first 20,000 went out, we brought in $19,000 oh, and we're shipping it. Right. <laughs> but let's, let's even take that away. So let's say we got a third of it back or right. two thirds of it back. Right. Right. So now our evangelism, we just distributed. Right. Right. Books at 20 cents a cost to us. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. We pay and more so for what pens. What you're doing is you're saying we have, you know, pretty much all of us have some sort of marketing budget. We yeah. have some sort of thing. If you allow people to pitch in, you know, here's a resource that in market economy, let's say this is a $10 book in most, mm -hmm. you know, most uh, exchanges. Mm hmm is somewhere around $10 a book. We just moved $200,000 worth of product. Mm -hmm. And our bottom line cost was $2,000. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's like a penny. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So there's, there's no real risk. Great. Is there anything else you'd love to say to our guests before we jump into the, uh, the lightning round? No, I just encourage you guys to, to keep dreaming. I hope even if you don't do anything with this book or don't write a book, uh, but you like the pen idea, I would just say keep dreaming about how to create points of contact conversation. Just encourage. Uh, this was a risk for us. It was something we wouldn't have, you know, probably, um, you know, just stumbled across. It was a, it was a risk. It was a crazy idea. Mm -hmm. But now that we're into this crazy idea, the amount of conversations that have happened where people have said, I am now having weekly conversations because of this point of conversation with this book. 
I would just say it was well worth it. So I just encourage you to keep dreaming, keep listening to this podcast, keep the ideas flowing. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, here we are in the lightning round with Tim Day um, from The Meeting House. Super excited to have Tim on the show today. Uh, Tim, what's a, uh, an online resource that you're using these days to, uh, you know, to help you in your ministry? I'm a Bible nerd, so I love the Bible web app. Uh, I use it all the time for translation stuff. Fantastic. I also love the Net Bible. They've got great um, commentary notes at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So those are two I jump into all the time. Cool. What's a book you've read in the last, I don't know, six months to a year uh, that's having an impact on your ministry? I uh, love the book Innovations, uh, Dirty Little Secret. Uh, uh, Larry Osborne, I don't know if you read that. Fantastic mm-hmm. it's book. A great book. Um, uh, also, a new book that's come out uh, recently here, God in My Everything, Ken Shigematsu mm-hmm. from out in Vancouver area. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's an evangelical contemplative approach to spirituality, mm-hmm. and for a lot of people, it makes it super accessible. He's got great concepts there, and that's sort of like a going deeper. Nice, very good. Um, what's another ministry that you're you know you're looking to is kind of inspiring you, and, and why? Uh, inspired by uh, a church in uh, Seattle called East Lake. That's uh, one of the people we've been hanging out with. Mm-hmm. Young entrepreneurial group, uh, multi-site. They launched like five sites in one year. Right. Um, a young management team. Uh, uh, Ryan's a crazy, hilarious guy. <laughs> uh, um, George, who he works with, um, some great ideas. Love what they're doing with music. And the Meeting House is uh, learning a ton from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just inspired by uh, by them. That's cool. You know, that's there. That's I think the third or fourth uh, person on the podcast that has said East Lake. So if you're not following Ryan um, and the, the folks over at East Lake, you need to because they are really an incredibly innovative church, uh, doing a lot of great stuff for sure. Even just their website is cool. So just check out yeah. their website. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that picture of him sitting in the car. Or the video of him sitting in the what is it? A, a VW Bug? Yeah. Or something yeah. Like oh that. yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. You know, it's well, a fun. Dude. But I'm also do a shout out their music. Mm. Um, heavy heart, heavy love. Mm-hmm. The, the guy there uh, who does their music, Dave, is fantastic. So fantastic! All right, if you could get fifteen minutes with any leader alive today, uh, who would you uh, want those fifteen minutes with, and why? Uh, yeah, really easy. Larry Page, Google, the new uh, CEO, or not new, but CEO of Google. Mm-hmm. I love how Google thinks. I love their free uh, resources, translate how they look at the world, and um, I would just love to sit with him and say. Tell me how you think. Right. What is the deal? How's this new generation thinking? How's the world being rewired? How um, the, is community happening globally? Learning happening globally? I have I have a feeling I would, you know, get a lot out of them. That's for sure. Pure gold in fifteen minutes. Well, that you know, we're thirty some odd episodes in, and you're the first person to say Larry Page. Uh, but I absolutely agree with you. You know, I'm a huge Google fan. I sometimes get in trouble for it, but uh, they, uh, you know, Larry's a fantastic leader. So, um, fantastic, great. All right. So when you're not uh, translating the entire New Testament, or <laughs> writing commentaries, or releasing thirty thousand books, what do you do for fun? How do you, you know, kick back? What? How do you spend some, you know, just Sabbath time? Yeah, I love uh, I've loved basketball, but I started this past June running. Now I'm a you know late forties short white guy, <laughs> and so I played soccer in high school, varsity soccer and basketball, but I never loved distance running. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, I got the bug. And so the cool thing for me in uh, running now, and it, you know I'm don't like, I'm not like insane marathons. It's like 10k, 21k, 30k somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> So I'm not in these hundred mile crazy right. things, but anyways, 
I find it incredibly meditative now, mm. and I use it for prayer and focus and silence. And it sounds weird, but it, it literally is one of the most renewing things that I've discovered. So I love on, uh, you know, I'll, I'll follow you on Twitter and, you know, I'll see you be like, man, I'm just so excited. I got a lot going on. I think I'm going to go for a run. And then like, whatever, an hour later, it's like, or hour and a half later, went for 20 kilometer run. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a lot to do. And you're excited, but that's fantastic. That's great, Tim. Now, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, learn more about God, enter stage left, uh, about your church, how can they, how can they do that? Easiest way is timday.org, mm-hmm. uh, timday.org. And um, what's on there is Bible study questions, small group questions. My commentary is on there. You can email me there. And it just, it's a real simple, easy portal mm-hmm. um, to jump in and take a look around. Perfect. Um, if people wanted to get, would it be possible for us to get to link on this podcast episode um, an, an electronic version of God Enter Stage Left? Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll get. Uh, that's sent to you and you can link it up and anybody who wants to download it can download it. Perfect. Thanks so much, Tim. Have a great week. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.